Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, Life Center. Thanks so much for joining with us today. And I uh, hope you're having a great morning so far. Uh, today, I want to remind you that our team has been praying for you. And some of you today, maybe you're uh, navigating just some places of worry, of anxiety, and you, you would just love to actually talk with someone and pray with someone. Our team is going to put up a number right now, and we would love to have you call in. We have people who are willing to stand with you and pray with you live right now. And so if you just pick up that phone and give us a call, we would love to be able to partner with you in faith, believing that God's going to show up in the midst of your situation. Hey, I want to make sure on your radar next weekend, Palm Sunday, Palm Weekend right here at Life Center begins our Holy Week. And so we have great things planned with Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter. Would love to have you uh, visit EasterWithLifeCenter.com to find out more about that. Hey, today, I I believe that there is going to be some hope brought into your life as we look into Scripture together. And uh, I want to share a message with you entitled, How to Have Right Side Up Hope in an Upside Down World. How to Have Right Side Up Hope in an Upside Down World. My guess is that as you've kind of navigated the the last number of days, you kind of look around at the world and going, man, it feels like things are turning upside down. But can I tell you, as a follower of Jesus, there is an opportunity to have right side up hope no matter what's going on around you. And in just a moment, we're gonna look together to 1 Peter chapter one. I love the letter of 1 Peter because he's he's writing to a group of Jesus followers who are actually facing some challenges. They're facing some obstacles. They're, They're being persecuted. They're being tested. They're under trial. They're under pressure because of their faith. And I think it it speaks well to the climate that we are currently in. And so in a moment, we're going to look there, but I want you to think for a moment, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were upside down and you were desperate to get right side up? Uh, I was thinking about this idea in my life. I love water skiing. I grew up water skiing and uh, don't get to do it as much now, but man, especially when I was kind of younger, I would do quite a bit of it. And I remember late junior high, I had never done this thing called kneeboarding. And it's where, you know, you have this little board and you kind of kneel down on it and there's a strap, you strap yourself in. And I decided one day, hey, I'm, I'm gonna learn how to kneeboard. So I was with some friends and had never done it, grabbed the rope, I, I told the boat, hit it. And that was after I had strapped in really tight. Why? Because I, did, I didn't wanna fall out. I didn't want to fall off this thing. So, so I cinched that thing down really, really tight. And I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. I'm, I'm beginning to kind of go in and out of the wake. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling pretty good about my skill. And I decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to try to jump the wake. And so I leaned out and kind of came back in. And as I caught some air, I forgot that I need to kind of lean back. And instead, I was leaning forward. And I hit and I flipped upside down. 
And here I am, I'm, I'm under the kneeboard, I'm underwater, and the problem is I had cinched that thing down so tight that I couldn't get unstuck. And, and I began to panic. Why? Because I was upside down and I needed to get right side up. Here's the reality. I had my life jacket on. I, I, I had all the right pieces in play, but the very thing that I was strapped into had flipped upside down. Maybe that's a good picture of how you're feeling right now in life. Maybe you feel like life just flipped upside down. Maybe Last week with your job, feels like life is upside down. Last week with the stock market, life is upside down. Last week with maybe a friend or a loved one who's fighting this virus, all of a sudden it feels like life is upside down. And it, and it begs the question, when, when our world is flipped upside down, where do we go to find hope that turns us right side up? I love Peter's words to these group of Jesus followers and he's literally writing this letter from Rome and he's sending it to an area. He wants this letter to be circulated to all of these churches that are gathered in what would be modern day Turkey. You see, they were being persecuted. They were suffering. They were, they were facing some challenges. And by the way, isn't it kind of comforting to know that other followers of Jesus have faced challenging times? I know some of us, we, we were not expecting the challenge that we're in the midst of. We're not, we're not expecting what we're journeying through. But listen, scripture continues to point us to hope. It points us to hope. And so let's look to hope today when in, in 1 Peter chapter 1. I want us to begin in verse 3. It says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to notice what Peter does here. He starts by pointing attention vertically. And can I tell you, one of the keys for us as we navigate this time in, in our culture, in our society, in our lives, is that we would start our day looking vertically. In other words, we, we begin our day with gratitude, saying, God, all praise to you. Lord, there's a lot of stuff going on, but, but I'm going to start vertically. I'm, I'm going to lift my eyes. We just sang about that, so I lift my eyes to the heavens. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Peter continues, now we live with great expectation. Come on, right there in that room. Can you say great expectation? Come on, say it again. Maybe you're typing it out right there on chat. Come on, type out great expectation. He says that because of who God is and what he's done for us, we live with great expectation. Expectation is about what's coming, not what is. We live with this great expectation. I love another translation. It says this, we live with a living hope. You want to know how you can have a living hope? It's because we have a living Savior. If Jesus is not alive, friends, neither is our hope. But because the fact is that he's alive today, our hope is alive. In other words, we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, catch this, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. 
An inheritance isn't about what we have right now. An inheritance focuses on what we're going to receive. And, and here's what Peter is reminding these followers of Jesus who are going through some hardship. They're facing some challenges. They're facing some, some trials. He reminds them, we look vertical. We have this living hope, but, but remember this, there's an eternal inheritance and it can't be messed up by what's going on here. It can't be corrupted. It can't be defiled. It can't be changed. It is eternal. And it says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Look at verse six. So be truly glad. I want you to say those words out loud with me. So be truly glad. You ever had somebody look at you when you're going through a hard time and say, hey, just, just cheer up. At, at one level, it can almost feel offensive, right? And it would be if Peter would have started with that. But notice the progression here. We start vertical. We, we give thanks and gratitude to God for who he is and what he's done. We, we have a living hope. Why? Because our Savior is alive. We have an inheritance that cannot rust. It cannot change. It's, it's eternal. And now, in light of all of that, be truly glad. Be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Oh, I love that. He's saying, listen, listen, the heat is up. Man, there's, there's some challenges and, and there's some tests going on right now. But understand this, the, those flames aren't meant to destroy you. Those flames are actually an opportunity to refine you. It goes on. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice. I love this. You rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Why? Not because of the trial that you're going through, but in light of everything else in the midst of the trial, the hope that anchors you, that joy that you continue to return to. We, we have this glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. See, we, we hear these words and I, I love that it's directed to people who they were walking through some challenges. They were facing some trials. Man, life wasn't just simple and easy. There were some ups and there were some downs. And, and as much as those words were relevant to the first century church, I believe that they're relevant for us Today, So no matter if you're watching on Facebook, you're watching on YouTube, you're watching from our Life Center, Church Online, no matter where you're watching from, these words matter. Why? Because they point us to a right side up hope as our world has kind of turned upside down. Today, as 
we consider these words, there's, there's a few thoughts that I want to give you. And here's what I'm going to ask. Over the next couple of minutes, make sure you grab a pen and a piece of paper or you open up that Life Center app and fill in the blanks on the message notes section. Jot these ideas down because I want to give us a couple of principles, a couple of thoughts that I want to challenge us to meditate on, to reflect on this week. Why? Because I believe that it's going to help point us to a right side up hope, even as we look around and it feels like things are upside down. The first thought that I wanna share with us this morning is this, refining moments are defining moments. Refining moments are defining moments. Can you say that with me? Refining moments are defining moments. Think about that. The purpose of a refiner's fire is to do what? It's to purify. And so maybe you have a, a valued piece of jewelry and it's, it's made out of gold or some other precious metal. Before it became beautiful, before it became that piece of jewelry, guess what? It went through some refining fire. In other words, it, it faced some heat, it faced some challenge, and on the other side of the heat, it became something beautiful and valuable. It's interesting, as we navigate moments of refinement, even though we don't necessarily want to sign up for those moments, here's what they do. They bring us to new places of beauty and purpose. Refining moments are defining moments. You see, we love the beauty of gold, but understand it doesn't get to that state without the heat. It doesn't get to that state without the pressure. And, and here's what I believe. We are in a refining moment. Personally, I, I feel like I'm in a refining moment where the Lord is, is using kind of the, the pressure, the, the challenge that, that we're all navigating. We're all trying to figure this out. We are all in this together. We're all figuring this out together. And, and here's what I know. If we lean into this moment, it can be a defining moment for our faith. It's happening to me personally. It's happening to us as, as Life Center, as a church community. I think the broader sense of the capital C church, the body of Christ, I think this is a refining moment. And yet, even as it's a refining moment, I want us to remember there's a big difference between a fire that destroys and a fire that refines. We look around at the challenge. And can I tell you, God has us in his grip. This is not a fire that, that destroys, friends. This, this is an opportunity for us to lean in, to trust him, and, and to be refined through this process. You see, my prayer for myself personally, my prayer for us as Life Center, is that we would allow this moment to be a defining moment. Maybe some of us were being shaken up in a good way. In other words, we're getting our eyes back on Jesus. We're, we're realizing, man, the things that maybe we, we held such value on, we're realizing, man, those aren't the most important things, are they? I wonder how many of us, as we walk through this refinement, things that we had allowed that were good things even, we, we allowed them to become ultimate things in our lives. In other words, we allowed those things to become idols. And those things are being shaken up. 
Maybe the areas that we put our hope and our trust in and we found our, our sense of security and those things are being shaken. And can I tell you right now, this can be a refining moment. And as we look back, we can look back to right now, 2020, and realize, man, God, that was not just a refining moment. That was a defining moment. That's when I went from kind of being a spectator at church to engaging to being a part of the church, being the church. I'm leaning in. I'm trusting you. I know that you're going to use this to refine me. It reminds me of Jesus' words in Revelation chapter 2 is, He's speaking to the church in the city of Ephesus. And he commends them for doing some things really well. But, but then he says this, I, I have this against you. You've forsaken your first love. What is he doing? He's, he's bringing a word to them to, to refine them, to purify them, to, to get them back to where he desires them to be. He says this to them, do the things you did at first. Can I tell you, as we look around and the realities of, of this virus and its spread, the realities of what's going on in our economy, the realities of maybe some of the fears about our job and even the security of our future, refining moments are defining moments. Here's the second thing that I want you to know. No matter what happens as a follower of Jesus, we win. Let me say that one more time. No matter what happens, we win. Think about Peter's words. We just read them a moment ago. They're going to people who are in the midst of trial and challenge. And what does he do? He points them to hope. He's, he's pointing them to this eternal inheritance. And, and I want you to understand something so important. No matter what happens, as a follower of Jesus, we win. And, and let me just pause here for a moment because I, I want you to be aware of something critical. That's not just some kind of self-help positive talk that, that is just kind of overly optimistic to somehow encourage you to be blind to the realities in front of you. No, what I'm talking about is a biblical hope that is rooted in biblical faith in the fact that we have a savior who is alive. And because he is alive, our hope is alive. No matter what happens, we win. We win. In fact, I, I was thinking about that concept and my mind went to Paul's words in the book of Romans. Let's look together in Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, Paul writes this, starting in verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? It's a great question. Can, can anything, is there anything that, that all of a sudden, if, if this happens, then all of a sudden we, we are separated? Because if there's something that can separate us, then maybe this idea of hope isn't everything we want it to be. He goes on. Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? In other words, if we face some challenges, does it somehow mean that, that God no longer loves us, that something has now separated us from that love? He, he continues on. 
Look at, look at verse 37. It says, no, despite all these things. Hear that. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. My paraphrase for that, the Tyler Soli paraphrase, no matter what happens, we win. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing, come on, can you say nothing? Come on, say it one more time. Say nothing. You know, I I was researching this week and I I looked into the original Greek and you want to know what that word nothing means in the original Greek? It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. He says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Nothing, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Listen to this. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation. Nothing. No virus can separate you from the love of God. Listen, no stock market report can separate you from the love of God. No, no job circumstance can separate you. What this means for us, friends, is that no matter what happens, as followers of Jesus, we win. It's not a question of if. No, we win. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, no matter what happens. You see, here's here's why reflecting on the truth that refining moments or defining moments is so important. This week, when when you feel the pressure, understand you're you're creating space to walk in a right-side-up hope in the midst of an upside-down world. When you reflect on this truth that, God, I know, I know it doesn't necessarily look like I want it to look right now, but no matter what happens, I win. What are you doing? You're, you're creating space in your life to walk in that right side up hope in the midst of an upside down world. Friends, this is good news for us. This is good news. There's hope for you today. And maybe... There's some who are watching today and you realize in your life, man, I, I long for that hope. Maybe you had your hope placed in all of these other areas and in the last number of days, all of those things began to shake and, and you were scrolling through Facebook and you just happened to click on this or a friend sent you this link and you're watching now and you're joined with us at Life Center and you realize, man, I, I need that type of hope. Can I tell you? The key to experiencing that right side up hope, it's not just positive thinking. It's not just some optimism that you're adding to your daily routine. No, it's a biblical faith rooted in biblical truth that we have a living savior. His name is Jesus. Today, maybe the decision you need to make is to put your trust in Jesus, to rest in the work that he has done for you. You see, trusting in him, it it helps us to move right side up. 
You see that day that I flipped over on my kneeboard and I was trapped upside down. The key for me to getting right side up was actually getting released from what had flipped upside down. Until I actually found freedom from what had flipped upside down, I couldn't get right side up. And so it was actually releasing the strap, the things that kind of held me upside down. And all of a sudden there was the ability to turn right side up. God in his grace wants to do that for you today. He wants to release you from those fears, those anxieties with that simple truth. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, we win. We win. Man, that's, that's biblical faith right there. So today, if it's your desire to put your trust in Jesus, right there on the other side of that screen, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Come on, would you say this out loud? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every day of my life. In your name I pray, amen. Listen, for those who just prayed that prayer, I wanna be the first to celebrate the greatest decision you could ever make. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reminds us, if anyone puts their trust in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone. That means sin, sh shame, separation. It's all been dealt with. The old is gone and all things have been made new. If you made that decision today, our team's gonna put up a link and I would love for you to click that link. We wanna send you a gift. It's a book called Following Jesus because we wanna help you to move from that decision to walking every day with Jesus. That's called discipleship. Today, before we go, I wanna pray one more prayer and I wanna pray for those of us who we feel kind of the heat of the moment. Maybe this last week you were kind of praying this way, God, this does not feel comfortable. What, what are you doing? What's going on? And, and maybe today there's this whole new realization. Okay, God, this isn't a fire to cause destruction. It's actually an opportunity for refinement. Come on, I wanna pray that in this season, God would refine each of us, that, that God would purify our faith, purify our motives, purify our character, purify our heart. Come on, today, can I pray for you right now? Jesus, I pray for each and every individual who's watching. I pray that this refining moment would be a defining moment. For those who have maybe just been a, a casual observer of, of following Jesus, Lord, I pray that this would be a defining moment. Lord, for those who have kind of been on the sidelines and, and not engaged as the church, let this be a defining moment. I pray that your refinement would, would burn away the impurities in our lives and Lord, that we would trust you in a whole new way. I, I pray for friends who need hope today. I pray for those who are wrapped up with anxiety and fear and worry. Lord, for those who just heard over the last number of days that they've lost a job, God, would you remind them that you are their provider? Lord, for those who are facing a sickness, maybe it's this virus, maybe they have a family member, a friend, a loved one who, who just received a report that they've been infected with COVID-19. I pray, Lord, that you would remind them that you are their healer. And God, we come into agreement right now. We pray that this virus would stop in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that we would be people who would live with right side up hope in the midst of an upside down world. 
Let us walk in that grace this week. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Listen, I wanna thank you so much for joining with us at Life Center. I wanna encourage you, join with us this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We have our midweek as well as content is showing up every single day on Life Center On Demand. Go to lifecenter.com to follow more of that. And as well, I'm posting stuff on my own social media. I would love to drop some encouragement your way. And so let's find ways to stay connected. I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless. We'll see you next weekend right here at Life Center.